Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you all on this edition of the program? Have we reached the Brady breaking point? Uh-oh, Giselle, Tom, divorce attorneys. This is the end. Is it a mess? It, yeah, it's ugly. Oh, my gosh, is it over? Slow down. Slow down. The loss to the Chiefs is different, but that doesn't mean it's over, at least football-wise for Brady. So we're going to look at that. Also, look, I, with Wisconsin firing, you know, Chris and Paul Christ, and it, it's one of these things that other conferences should be scared to death of what the Big Ten's doing. The fact that the Big Ten is firing coaches at the blink of an eye should scare every conference to death. And the ACC, the Big 12, the Pac-12, all of them are going to start to fall behind the Big Ten when it comes to an arms race because of the payouts because of their contract. The SEC needs to do something. I'll tell you what they need to do. And monetarily... It'd be fantastic. It'd be one of the best things they could do for their pro- for, for, for all of their programs. And we're going to wrap with a little Rocktober. As baseball's postseason peaks around the corner, we know some of the matchups. Almost all of them, I think. So now what? What, what we think is going to happen? That's going to start here momentarily. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram, Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Harp on Sports YouTube page, Harp on Sports the Facebook page, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. Start off with this. Start off with Tom Brady. If we reach the breaking point, is it finally over? No, it's not. Look, that division's bad. And Brady in his personal life, I, I kind of take a step back from this. Tom Brady went to a Super Bowl, won it, while his mom was battling cancer. Yeah, family problems and divorce and kids. I know it's messy and ugly, but I'll say again, Tom Brady in his mid-30s went and won a Super Bowl when his mom was battling cancer. That's why you got the, I love you, Mom. Love you, Mom. Was that, oh, was that 2013, 2014? 2014 when he was doing that? So eight years ago, so he's in his mid-30s, late-30s. Look, (laughs) They didn't lose to the Chiefs because Tom Brady's having problems at home. There are other factors at work here. There are. Now, are the Bucs the Super Bowl favorite? No. Are the the NFC favorite right now? No, they're not. Not right now, they're not. I've said for weeks and weeks on end that they need to go get Gronk. They go get Gronk. That's kind of like Tom Brady's security blanket. They go get Gronk on the goal line. It's just a different beast. But here's where it is different. It's the same as in, look, he still has some offensive line questions and they're banged up a bit, but things just kind of clicked and gelled for him a couple years ago. Defensively are the big question marks. You give up 41 points, but I mean, seven of them really weren't the defense's fault when you give him the ball. When you give, let's face it, you give Patrick Mahomes the ball inside your own 20, you're going to get cooked. So I I start to look at this and I say the, the, the following things when it comes to Brady, and at least the Bucks. The, the the reason why it's different, I still think this is an eleven and six football team. I do because they got two games with the Falcons, they got two games with the Panthers, 
if they go three and one in those games, now they're five and three and they've got another one with the saints at home. I, they're going to be okay. They're going to win double-digit games. They're going to win that division. The problem that they're going to have is what? Now, look, the NFC the NFC West, do the Rams do anything? As time goes on, maybe. But, boy, they don't look very good right now. The Eagles look solid. The Cowboys look good. But do you trust those teams? Do you? The best thing that Tom Brady has going for him is he plays in an NFC that's pretty weak at the quarterback position. Or... It's not as star-studded at the quarterback position that the AFC is. If you put the Bucks in the AFC, I'd say they're 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 in a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. Scale of one to ten, I'd say they were an eight in terms of trouble. In the NFC, they're more like a five. Because if Brady and the Bucks had to go to Buffalo and to Kansas City to win, I mean, to Baltimore, all three of those places, they're not doing all that. They're just not. Now, if they have to go to Dallas and win, they can do that. If they can go to Philly and win, yeah, they can do that. See, it's a little bit different. And then all those AFC teams have to play each other, so you just have to worry about one at the end. That's why it's not over for him. But there are things that are gigantically concerning. When he was with New England, and they were getting off to those like two and two starts like five, six years ago and winning Super Bowls, and, you know, there were question marks about injuries and they were banged up early in the year. The difference between those teams and Brady's like last three Super Bowls when they were struggling out of the gate and they'd be two and two or they'd be three and three. Even the Bucks team from a couple years ago was what? Here's the big difference. The injuries at his, at his big positions were guys in their late twenties, early thirties. Now his injuries are guys in their mid thirties. The injuries that when Edelman was banged up for one of the Super Bowls, what was he? 30? Yeah. And they're going to get healthier as the season goes on. It just hit. They are. Here's another big factor. I think Todd Bowles is a good coach. I thought Bruce Arians was a good coach. They're not the man in Foxborough. And what they could do defensively, how they clamped down on Seattle in that one Super Bowl, what they what they did to the Rams where they clamped down, that's Belichick stuff. Now, the Bucs did that two years ago. Defensively, they were great. But they don't have that anymore. They, they don't. Take it for me. Look, I'm in my early 40s now. There's a big difference in the three, four years here for me. There just is. From where I was in my late 30s to early 40s, there's a big difference. It's a gigantic difference. I can't eat unhealthy at all or I gain a pound, no matter what. It's That's just me. That's just, can you imagine physically well-conditioned athletes and how bad they get banged up? You just don't recover as fast. You just don't. Wake up, your shoulders hurt, your legs hurt, you get treatments, all those things, but you don't bounce back. You just don't do it. So... You know, Brady breaking point. No, we're not there yet. We're not in the off the field stuff. He, I, I, I'm just not there. And he's got several things going in his favor. The division's bad. He's got two games with the Panthers and two more with the Falcons coming up. Like I said, even if he goes three and one in those, which you can probably go four and oh, but the, the bigger concern that this team has is that the guys that are getting hurt, Julio Jones isn't going to be 100% all year. Julio Jones is a number three receiver at best in this league now. It's different. It's a different world. And as the year goes on, I think they're going to start to click and get a little bit better. But what do I think? I think the Bucks are a team that can win a game in the postseason home and go lose on the road. Without Gronk, I don't even know if they can do that. Without Gronk, probably one and done. Because they had to host the Cowboys, which is what would be in that world right now, right? Yeah. Okay. From Brady's breakdown, is it over, to... This, the Big Ten just fired another football coach. Big Ten usually doesn't do stuff like this. The Big Ten is acting like they've got money to burn in their pocket because they do. 
Nebraska firing Scott Frost after a couple of weeks should have been the first way a second here. And now Wisconsin fires what Paul Christ after a month and the guy was like what, 47 and 22. It started to slip on him. Wisconsin's like, no, 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 we're not going to mess around with this done. Now, when you get a, then again, I can't stress this enough in two years, the big Ten's going to get a hundred million dollars per school as part of their TV deal. A hundred million dollars per year, close to a hundred million dollars a year per school. So if I'm getting 90 to a hundred million a year per school and I can fire a coach and we can walk away for 11 million and I'm getting a hundred, it's so easy to fire coaches. It's so easy. So easy. Think about it. If you reached in, think about how it's like winning the lottery, right? If you have limited money or limitless money and you're like, okay, well, can I buy this? Of course I can buy this. Can I go out to eat? Well, there's an extra hundred. If every time you reach into your wallet, there was a hundred dollar bill, be a lot easier to do a bunch of different things, wouldn't it? That's where this is with the Big Ten. So other conferences need to pay attention to this, and I'm going to focus on the SEC primarily because what's going to happen is the Big Ten's going to start hiring recruiting guys away from Georgia. They're going to start hiring, and especially when Saban retires here, the Big Ten is going to start. They're, they're firing coaches left and right. What are they going to start doing? They're going to start to hire SEC coaches, assistants, that have recruiting ties to the South. That's what they're going to start doing with all this extra money. And it's not as simple as we'll just hit up our boosters for some more money. Florida's begging fans and fraternity. There's football co- football coaches. I can take a step back here. There are coaches, not football coaches. There are coaches at the University of Florida that are going to fraternities and asking for money for NIL deals. Yeah. Begging for money to compete. When the Big Ten has $100 million per school and they're in big TV markets, it's going to be a heck of a lot easier. Think about when they get into the L.A. market, how easy it's going to be to tie Big Ten talent into L.A. See, there's a reason this is all about money. Always been about money. Always, 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 always about money. So when I look at this, I look, let's say the Big Ten payout again. When it becomes $100 million and the SEC is going to be like $70 million. They say we're close. Yeah, but over the course of a decade, that's $300 million. It'll build you half a football stadium. That's a lot of money. I can make mistakes left and right if I got an extra $300 million. I know. So here's what needs to happen. I was thinking about this. When I went to the Bucks Chiefs game, I were the SEC, and I was looking at TV contracts. I'm going to make sure I get the number right here. ESPN and ABC pay $2.7 billion a year for Monday Night Football. If I were the SEC, I would make a Monday Night Football product available. Now, 16 games, correct? Well, there's double headers in there, too. Right? There's 17 games in the NFL because there's no... 17th game at the end of the year for Monday Night Football. So the contract's bigger than that. I think the contract's 20 games in all. So it's not going to be 20 games in the SEC. It's not. So for the sake of this fun little exercise, we're going to cut that in half. The SEC needs to bring Monday Night Football into the fold. And you may sit there and say, oh, what, you can't compete with the NFL? The goal is not to compete with the NFL. No. The goal is to create a product for one of the other networks. Because ESPN's got their own little island on Monday night. And don't tell me, oh, they, they won't no, they won't do that. Pfft. Why on earth is ABC and Fox and CBS all fighting over the same sport every Saturday? The, the networks are just, Monday Night Football belongs to ESPN. Boy, if I am the SEC, I'm on the horn with CBS. I'm a, the, 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 the network that 
the SEC should be contacting, here's NBC. NBC's deal with Notre Dame and what they're trying to get done. If I'm NBC, if I'm CBS, or if I'm the SEC, I'm on the phone with, I, I mean, Amazon Amazon just got money out the yin-yang. If I am, you know, Google, every, I mean, all these, all these entities, Netflix, who all, all these dot-coms, if I am the SEC, I'm trying to get a Monday night football deal done. And again, if it's half as many games, and let's say, you know, we say $2.7 billion, $1.3 billion, half as many games. In the NFL, the college product's a little bit different. So let's say it's just a billion a year. If you take an extra billion a year and divide it amongst your 16 SEC programs, or I should take that back. They're not 16 yet, are there? No. If you take that billion dollars, well, you will be. Soon enough, right? Soon enough. But no, if I have that, if I have that billion dollars and I divvy it up, Amongst my 16 SEC schools, all of a sudden, each school gets an extra $70 million a year, an extra $60 million a year. Now, look, I, I went low. I lowballed this one. I lowballed it at a billion for 10 SEC football games. You could go add more SEC football games. You go to 12. Let's say you go to 12. Go to 12. Fine, go, to, go to 13 because you have bye weeks. Right? Go to 13. All right, now, instead of 2013, now you're at $1.2 billion around there. Each school gets an extra $80 million a year. That's how you keep up with the Big Ten. And look, you say, what about the other conferences? The Pac-12, and they don't have a product that's drawable enough. Could you imagine what a Monday night football game between Alabama and Texas would fetch? Could you imagine what a Monday night football game between Georgia and LSU would fetch? Could you imagine what a Monday night football game a Monday night football game? Just think about it. Take a step back. What, an A&M Florida Monday night football game would do? A Monday night Florida Tennessee football game would do? The SEC needs to add Monday night football. Well, we can't do that. Oh, come on. Yeah, we can't do that. It's not the students and recovery time and quick. Oh, stop it. College football games play Thursday night all the time. Don't give me this stuff. The, the, the short week and, oh, we can't. Academics, you can flush all that stuff down the toilet. Show that shit somewhere else because I'm not scooping it. All right? It's just not going to work. That type of garbage, that rhetoric doesn't work on me. Everybody talks about, oh, Thursday is too big of a turnaround. You try to take Thursday Thanksgiving games away from the Lions and the Cowboys, like, no, it's tradition. Okay, you're going to play Thursday, October 9th. It's not fair. Not turning off around time. There are several teams in college football that play Saturday that turn around and play Thursday five days later. So you can play Monday and turn around and play Saturday five days later. Or give them a bye going in after it. If you play Monday night, then you have to play Saturday night. It's just the way it works. Okay, sirrah, sirrah. And save me that. I saw teams play. When did, um, memory serves, when did Florida State and LSU play this year? Labor Day night, didn't they? <gasps> oh, the humanity. And then they, Florida State and LSU. Was it LSU playing then Saturday, five days later? Shovel it somewhere else. SEC, Monday Night Football. And again, this, you took that just from the Christ firing? Yeah. The fact the Big Ten are firing coaches in September. Because they know they need to fire them, because they've got so much money they can get away with it. You got it may not be a big deal for one or two years, just like anything else. If I if I'm giving you ten dollars a day and I'm giving your friend next to you eight dollars a day, one day you're like it's two dollars difference. At the end of the month, it's been sixty dollars difference. At the end of the year, what's it been? Seven hundred and fifty dollars difference. Two dollars is not that big of a deal. When you start to add it up, it does it becomes a gigantic deal. Okay, one to wrap with this Major League Baseball postseason. October, uh, this year's, uh, it's a different feel, isn't it? With the best two out of three and the top two seeds getting four days off. They don't play till Monday night, right? 
So we're not even talking about weather delays and things could happen. Everybody goes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, best two out of three. I'm interested. I'm excited about it. I am. We know our matchups. The Rays will be in Cleveland in the American League to start things off. And what do we have? The Mariners and the Blue Jays in the winner of Cleveland and Tampa will take on the Strohs. And the Yankees await the winner between the Jays and the Mariners. National League, the Dodgers are sitting there at the top. The Braves are right next to them. They're the top two seeds. Philly just gets in. So what's Philly going to St. Louis? And the Mets are on the road. I think it's going to be fun. I do. I mean, is the Dodgers, look, when the Dodgers and Braves can kind of just sit around and go, okay, we're going to wait for this. And the Mets win 90 plus 90 whatever games the Mets are going to end up winning and not win the division. I mean, you're going to have some pretty cool matchups out of the gate, right? The, to me, the National League storylines are a little thicker. What is the Padres? The other, yeah, you know, the Padres, Phillies. Look at your playoff teams. I'm, I'm excited about it. I am. I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I, I wrote down what I thought the top five storylines heading into the postseason are, and also what I think is going to happen. Here are my five storylines, right? I got number five, I got Kershaw's call. Clayton Kershaw back Dodgers postseason. He got a World Series under his belt. It's his final year in his contract with the Dodgers. Is it, Clayton Kershaw was hurt a good chunk of the year. He struggled so much in the postseason. He's got his World Series win. He's in the Hall of Fame. All that stuff's taken care of. But if he can have a second World Series and pitch well, then all of a sudden, I think, because it's like, oh, Kershaw won a World Series, but oh, he struggled a lot in the postseason. If he wins a second one, it's not, oh, he's got two World Series, but he struggled a lot. Second, second championship kind of quiets things down. Look, look how important the second championship was for Peyton Manning. So I think Kershaw's uh, called number five. Uh, I've got my, uh, you know, pair of aces in New York. What's DeGrom and Scherzer give us with the Mets? They got thumped by the Braves, didn't they? Got swept. So what are the two aces on the hill give us with the Mets? That was number four on my list. Um, Harper's haunts. Philly makes the postseason. The Phillies. Bryce Harper gets that massive, massive deal. Leaves the Nationals. Nationals win a World Series the first year he's gone. Now you got Harper in Philly. Does he do anything? And look, Scherzer is a Hall of Famer. DeGrom, we don't know. I I think that's why I've got Harper a little bit higher because of the contract. And the Philly hasn't made the playoffs in a decade. Uh, Number two, judge and jury. Aaron Judge breaks Roger Maris' American League record. He gets his 62nd home run. Aaron Judge is heading into the offseason. Is it Aaron Judge's postseason? It would be Aaron Judge's postseason if it weren't for two other guys. And I've got at the top. My St. Louis Swan song, the number one story going into the postseason. Yadi Merlina and Albert Pujols calling it a career. Is there any magic left in that tank? Is there? I say a little magic. <laughs> They'll win a series, but not enough. When it's all said and done, this is what I have. I have in the American League, I have Cleveland, the Guardians, and the Astros, and I have the Astros beating the Guardians. I think Cleveland's going to beat the Met or the Yankees. I do. I think Cleveland's going to beat the Yankees. You're just saying that because you hate the Yankees. No, I just think Cleveland's going to beat them. I think Cle- I, I trust Cleveland in this postseason. Terry Francona says he's about done. He, he's just not managing the grind. I do. I think Cleveland's going to. I think Cleveland will beat the Yankees. I think this stretch run for Judge and the Yankees did not play very well in the second half of the season. And Cleveland all of a sudden is going to win ninety plus games, and they've just kind of been creeping along. And you know, they're going to take on the Rays out of the gate. They get, they're going to get them at home and then they get to go to New York. So I do. I like Cleveland a lot, but not over the Astros. So I, I have Cleveland dumping the Rays and then I have Cleveland beating the Astros. 
I look, I I think the Mariners are a good story, but I don't think they're beating Toronto. Toronto wins that series, and I think Toronto turns around and they may win one game against the Astros. And I think the Astros roll through Cleveland too. The Astros go to the World Series in the American League and in the National League. I thought about this, and I just don't see any. But I, I don't. Even if the Mets won that division, I'd pick the Braves to beat them in the postseason. The one thing that would worry me, the one thing that would worry me about all this, is that from the perspective of this, right? You know, the Dodgers are loaded, but what the Mets have at the top of the rotation in the postseason is going to be so deadly. It is going to be so deadly. And baseball, the way baseball structured, it's just different, right? And to me, in the in, in the in the National League, the fact that the four seed and five seed are sitting around, and look, the Dodgers get the one, so the Mets are going to turn right back around after their series of the Padres. With the Mets, will beat the Padres. And I thought, you know, St. Louis and Philly. I don't think Philly's going to do much against the Cards. I just don't. So I, I think, again, St. Louis will take care of business. And I I don't see the Padres beating the Mets. Not that pitching rotation. But again, it's three games, so it happens quick. So I got the Mets and the Braves. I think the Braves beat them again. And then the Dodgers. And I thought long and hard about this. I did. I thought long and hard. I wanted, I wanted to pick the Braves so much over the Dodgers. I did. But I just, I can't. Not again. Well, the Braves are red hot. But I, the Dodgers won 111 games. I just, I can't do it. My mind won't let me. I have the Dodgers and then I have the Astros beating the Dodgers. I have the Astros winning the World Series. Astros in six over the Dodgers. Altuve is your MVP. There you go. I think it's great on paper in the postseason. But again, Top five storylines into baseball's postseason. Clayton Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw's curtain call in L.A. Uh, pair of aces in New York with the Mets. DeGrom and Scherzer, number four. Harper's haunts. Does he get over the hump in the postseason here in Philly? Paid him half a billion dollars to do it. Um, judge and jury, Aaron Judge. It's Aaron Judge's. Do you think it was Aaron Judge's postseason? Since you do home runs, all this would be his postseason, but it's not. It's because of the Twin Birds. St. Louis. Swan song for Yadier Molina and Albert Pools. So there you go. Harpon Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harpon Sports Twitter, at Harpon Sports Instagram. Harpon Sports, auditory route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harpon Sports, the bar, Harpon Sports, the YouTube channel, and of course, Harpon Sports, the Facebook page. Harponsports.com is our website. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.